Welcome to the Keeping It Israel podcast with Jeff Futers, where Jeff and his guests talk everything Israel as it relates to Christian faith and the church. If you are a Christian and you stand with Israel, you will be encouraged and challenged by this podcast. And if you're not so sure about the whole Israel thing, you need to learn how your faith connects with Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's Jeff with today's guest. Hey, my name is Jeff, and I am your host today. We're going to get to our guest in just a moment, but I'm also the executive director of First Century Foundations, and we work with over 70 Christian and Messianic ministries in the land of Israel. And each year, I try to meet with each of the leaders of these ministries. My guest today is Avi Mizraki. Avi is the leader of congregation Adonai Roi, but also uh, an organization called the Dugit Outreach Center. And as I was sharing with Avi in my meeting today, he said something that caught my attention and I wanted to share it with you. So without any further hesitation, let's join in on my conversation with Avi Mizraki. Well, my guest today is Avi Mizraki from Dugit Outreach Center in Tel Aviv. And uh, Avi, we have uh, visited many times in the past in your office, but today we are across the miles because of all that is happening in our world right now. And so I'm in Canada, you're in Tel Aviv, but uh, good to see you, my friend. And um, how are things going and you know, what's God saying to you through COVID-19? What's happening there? Yes, definitely. 2020 has been a very interesting year. And uh, I believe that um, we are entering in a very prophetic time. And um, what does it mean? Well, I remember that uh, when the COVID-19 was uh, appeared in China in, in January and we back in Israel said, oh, it's, it's out there. It has nothing to do with us. And then when in February, the end of February, people coming, Israelis coming from overseas and they had the coronavirus, then the, the, we were preparing, preparing the hospitals and the country to receive all these sick people. And then uh, more and more people got sick and died. Then uh, by March, we closed, shut down the country. In other words, our prime minister and the minister of health made decisions by March to uh, not allow tourists in and um, and all those tourists who were in the country had to leave the country. They basically shut down the airport and said so the airport is open only to those Israelis who live overseas to come back and as they come back they had to go to quarantine for two weeks because we were concerned it's going to escalate and many people will get sick and basically get uh, die. Wow. Now, and, uh, the, the tourists that were sent home uh, in in the history of your country, has that ever happened before? Never. <laughs> since the, since the 1948, when we had declared our independence, we were always a country to welcome tourists to the country. Tourism is a big business here in this country. Right. So this was the first time ever that we had to ask the tourists who were in the country to leave and then stop all tourists from all over the world to stop coming here. Hmm. Um, that was really a big decision, big decision. And, uh, and it, I really, really help, believe it really shook the economy here. And of course, uh, then all the shopping malls, all the restaurants, the theaters, the movie theaters, the schools. And then as we were, I was praying and I thought, 
you know, we are getting ready in March. We're getting ready for Passover. Passover was, uh, we celebrate the, the eve of Passover was the 7th of, of uh, April. Right. The first day of Passover. And it's amazing because also in our tradition, uh, in Jewish tradition, before Passover, a couple of weeks before, you start cleaning house. You go room by room, clean the house. And, and then if you find any yeast, you know, from bread, you collect it. And then on the 7th, on the first day of Passover, which is, was the 7th of April, I, in my house, we take all the bread outside the house. Me and my kids, we, we burn the, the, the yeast, the bread, and we say, the house is clean now. It's ready. There's no yeast. There is no sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are ready to celebrate Passover. And it's amazing because the government also made a decision during Passover for those two days, the 7th and the 8th of April, that they locked down the whole country. In other words, they said, Every family unit has to celebrate it by itself. They cannot invite other people because you can get infected. Every family has to stay in his home and you're not allowed to leave home. They had the police outside on the roads stopping people, giving them tickets, sending them back home because nobody was allowed to move out their home. Families couldn't even get together. For us, Passover, this is a big thing. We like to come together as families and a big meal. We do readings, blessings, we eat. I mean, it's a three, four hours thing. It's a right. big thing. It's a family thing. But this time, every family by itself. And we, I thought that was very dramatic. It's very prophetic because the last time, the only that every family was by himself and were not allowed to engage with other people was 3,400 years ago when the Israelites were in Goshen in Egypt. Wow. You know, the plague was going around, the killing of the firstborn, and those who had the blood on the doorpost were saved. Yeah, the scripture was very clear, wasn't it? That, that they had to stay in their own home, their own family unit, until the angel passed over. Yeah. Yeah. And for, this was exactly also for us, after 3,000 years, wow. we were religious and secular, and of course, as the believers, we celebrate Passover, which is communion, as you know, it's the background of communion. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's really commu- commun- communion with the Lord, the Lord's Supper with the Lord, so Passover. So, and, hmm. and yet I thought that many secular Jews and religious Jews had to think about it. You know, we cannot go out because of the corona. We have to be, you know, in our homes to celebrate the great exodus from Freedom, from slavery to freedom, and it's like we have come back in time. And uh, I believe um, we, we, we really prayed, and that's what we are praying as believers in the land. And we've had prayer meetings through Zooms, and so we are praying that God, through His Holy Spirit, will pour out His Holy Spirit on those who are really seeking to mm-hmm. realize that Yeshua, that Jesus is the Lamb of God. And by us applying the blood on the doorpost in our hearts, then Amen. we can have, uh, you know, uh, salvation. We can have remission of sin. So, uh, I, and it's amazing because from that point, because of that closure, uh, it, it's like we reached a peak with the corona, people getting sick, and then start going declining, going down and down, less and less people getting sick, less and less people dying. And it's amazing because I remember then, the end of February, we had like hundreds of hundreds of people getting sick and, and then people dying. 
but from that point on, there was a decline. Less and less people getting sick. And I think until now, we, had, um, we have about 270 people die. I think we had about 17,000 people getting sick. But we had, I think, 13,000, 14,000 people recovered. We have, I think, only about 3,000 people still sick and they're recovering. Uh, but look at the numbers, 14,000 recovered from this sickness. And uh, yeah. people is doing very well. Now the government is releasing the, the shopping malls, we're back to school and things like that. But I find it interesting because from the first day of Passover, we count Shavuot. What this means? Seven weeks. Shavuot means weeks. So we count seven weeks, which is 49 days. It's the time of the barley, of the harvest. And from right. Passover till Pentecost, Shavuot, which is in three, four days, we're going to celebrate it. And we count and we wait. And then the Shavuot, at Pentecost, we, what, is, what did we do in the temple? We brought the first fruits of, the, of our crops to the temple, to the Lord, and gave it as a gift, the first fruits. And its tradition say that Shavuot was also the feast that uh, the God gave Moses, the Torah, the, the Ten Commandments and the Scriptures, the Holy Scriptures, the Torah. So it's amazing that we are counting until we receive from the Lord the Word of God and we bring our first fruits to Him. And we know in the New Testament it's fulfilled because Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until. Mm -hmm. They were all together celebrating Shavuot, bringing their first fruits to the temple. And then God sent the Holy Spirit upon them, a total fulfillment. And I, in Jewish tradition, we see um, Passover and Pentecost, Pesach and Shavuot, we see it as one unit. We started Passover, freedom from slavery, great exodus, go to the promised land, and we fulfilled it in Shavuot, in Pentecost, the receiving of the word of God, and for us as believers, receiving the Holy Spirit. Uh, I believe we sit as one unit. And I believe God is really shaking the world, but I believe he's also shaking the church. He's going to stretch us. And I yeah. believe God is shaking. I believe myself that God is going to shake everything that we depend on this world. If we depend on the economy of this world, we depend on the system of this world, God is going to shake this because he wants us to be totally depending on him, trusting him, and surrender to him totally because God wants to do new things. And as we all know, you cannot put new wine in old wineskins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, need new, you need new wineskins for new wine. Um, and I believe God is going to do something. I really do. I believe God is ready to, to speak to us if we take more time with him. He has so much to tell us. He wants to, he has so much, he, he has plans that is beyond our box, you know, beyond our imagination. But the point important is, is that we as believers, Jews and non-Jews, male or females, God is calling us to take the time with him to hear what his voice. Let him shake everything that needs to be shaken. It's not of this world. And trust him because God has something that he wants to give us. It's something he wants to do. And I believe it has to do with the harvest. And I believe the harvest is ready. So uh, this is, I believe, the prophetic time we live in. 
relating to Israel and the timing of God. And, um, and we pray. We pray for the salvation of Israel. Uh, I believe the harvest is ready. We don't have enough laborers. Praise God. So, so those key sort of prophetic words then, uh, God is speaking. We need to trust him. And the harvest is the harvest is ready. We we have a job to do. Is that is that kind of the the crux of of what God's saying to us in these moments? I believe so, and Amen. I believe so. It has to do with Israel. Yeah, it has to do with Israel. Well, you know, I think it always has to do with Israel. Uh, <laughs> you know, we we no, we we really believe that that we we look to see what God is doing in Israel and with Israel uh, to know. Um, to know what's coming, and to know that uh, how we how we respond to Israel, how we treat the Jewish people, says a lot about whether or not we're truly committed to you know the Jewish Messiah or not. And so, um, uh, thanks for sharing. That's amazing. Now, out of out of all of this challenge, what kind of opportunities are you experiencing? I, I mean, everything's been shut down, so. So what's what's happening that uh, allows you to still you know minister to your congregation and reach out to the community? Yeah, definitely this situation has really stretched our faith. For example, on Saturdays we meet as a congregation for, for worship, like we do on Sunday. So we mm. could not meet. They closed their synagogues, the churches, the mosque, everything was shut down. So we all went online. So we did live streaming every Saturday. So everybody now they can hear and worship with us through Zoom, through live stream. Mm -hmm. And then there are coffee house, the Begit Outreach Center. We have to shut it down. But we realized we have, we can always pray in our home first. Secondly, we can also have our distribution center. Our distribution center, we, we give out food every month, about um, 100 families every month. And, uh, and this is uh, needy people. Elderly people, Russian immigrants, immigrants, uh, Holocaust survivors. Um, we have some single mothers as well. So they used to come to our distribution center, and we give them a bag of food, and we talk to them. We 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 give we give about a hundred packages, hundred families a month. But since the corona, the virus came, and the, the restrictions came, and and they asked those who are elderly and so not to travel and stay in their home. Mm -hmm. So they could not come. So we prayed and the Lord said, no, you go to their home. So we start calling them one by one. I said, can we come and bring you the food? Yeah, sure. And when we went, <laughs> they took the bag and we did this extra mile driving each one to their home, knock on their door, put the food by the door and we had to distance, you know, keep this social uh, distance, uh, two meters. And they opened the door and they saw us and they said, thank you. They almost, want to, they almost want to cry that we did this extra mile, willing to, to bring it to their home. And, and, and we just tell them, we love you, we care for you. If you need anything, we'll do our best, you know. And they were touched. And it was such a, such a joy to see that the, the people appreciated that we were willing to go extra mile because we care for them. And we we pray for them. They know we pray for them, and uh, and we we love we love the Lord. We love Yeshua, and uh, I, I, this was um, very special to think out of the box because 
you know, usually we don't do that. We, we don't have the staff, we don't have enough vans or cars to do that. But this time we said, no, we will do this extra mile. We go to people's home and bring the food to them and tell them we love you. And uh, that was very, very special. Wonderful. Very special. Amazing. And when you go with, with those kinds of uh, things, the food, the humanitarian aid and so on, you have opportunities to talk to people a little bit as well, do you? Yes, yes. Uh, of course, we have to keep the distance, two yes. meters, like six feet, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yet, like there was uh, one lady, uh, we brought the stuff, and then a uh, few weeks she came, she came just a couple of weeks ago. She said, no, I am able to come by myself. You don't have to bring it. But she told us how much she appreciated that we were came, we, did, we came all the way to our home. And, um, and she could see the love and the care in our hearts. And she said, what is it? And, and the guy said, well, we, 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 believe, we believe in God and we believe in the Messiah, Yeshua. And, uh, and uh, she didn't have a Russian Bible. She said, would you like one? She said, sure. So we picked up a Russian Bible and gave her a Russian Bible. Yeah. She was so happy. She was so happy. And we, uh, one of our workers was able to share with her. And, and, and then in the end, he asked her, can I pray for you? She said, yes, please, <laughs> please pray for me. And he prayed for her. And after that, she was like crying. And, 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 and she prayed with him to accept Yeshua in her heart. It's, it's, uh, this is the kind of things that... Uh, you know, gets me so excited that we are able to love the people and show them that we care and love them and uh, unconditionally, you know. And, uh, sure. and I believe this is uh, very much in God's heart that we reach out to the people unconditionally, we help people, but also we can share our faith and our testimony with them and pray with them and show them that God cares for them and loves them as we love them. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. You talked about, you know, the shaking. We we um, sort of, we stop short usually of saying that God brought this on us. I, I don't think that that would really be sort of fair to God, but God uses all of these circumstances, doesn't he? And, and he works everything for good, the Bible tells us. Amen. And this shaking that you're talking about, it's not just happening uh, for believers. It's, it's happening for uh, everyone. Everyone is experiencing fear. Everyone is experiencing uncertainty. Everyone is, is experiencing, uh, you know, uh, loss in terms of, of income, job, you know, the economy's being hit. This, this shaking is something that's very tangible and very real. And uh, that makes people more open, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. God uses these crisis moments to, uh, to cultivate people's hearts and make them, you know, ready to to recognize that something else is going on than just a, a virus, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, know, you you mentioned about the health minister and what he said there in Israel as a result of uh, the questions about Passover and shutting down. And tell me, just say that again. Yeah, I believe this is so amazing. Because during this time, we had the, the other government. Now we have a new government just been formed. But at that time, we had Rabbi Litzman. This Orthodox rabbi, uh, Bibi Netanyahu, put him as the, in charge for many years. 
as the Minister of Health, okay? And he, um, he along with his staff, made a lot of restrictions. And then it was just getting ready for Passover and they made this decision to lock down for two days. <laughs> All Israel were locked down in their homes for Passover. Mm. The 7th and the 8th of April, when they made this decision, so a couple of days before that, he was on the news, uh, they were asking questions. And then the reporter said, why are you doing this? He said, well, it's good for the people to be Passover in their home and not go out. This will help people not get infected and all this. And then he said, well, what do you expect this will happen? And out of the blue, this rabbi, this minister of health of our government says, who knows, maybe the Messiah will come. <laughs> and everybody was laughing. And I, I almost fell from my chair because for me, who is the Lamb of God? Yeah. You know, it reminds me, goes, takes me back to the book of Exodus, though, that God allowed all these plagues to come on Egypt. But you know, while these plagues were on Egypt, like, like dark, darkness, for three days they had darkness. But in Goshen, where the Israelites, the Jewish people, the Israelites in Egypt were in Goshen, there was light. So in the midst that there was all this turmoil and the, all these plagues going on and the killing of the firstborn, the last plague, mm -hmm. it didn't affect the, the, the Hebrews, the Israelites. Why? Because they had the blood of the Lamb. They were the people with the covenant. It didn't affect them, although this was happening. And I believe, again, it's not because of our own righteousness or because we are so good. I believe it's because we, the believers, the born-again believers, who have the, who are in covenant with God, who mm. have applied the blood of the Lamb on our doorposts, the gates of our hearts. Yeah. Um, because we have a relationship with God, we are protected. And He wants us to be His light during this turmoil. And um, God wants to use us for His glory. Praise God. That is great. Your, uh, your staff, your team, you're, you're all doing well. And yes. Yeah, good. I know that uh, usually that's a real hub of activity around there, and I'm sure that now is no different. You're you've just shifted focus from uh, you know doing your your gatherings to live streaming and broadcasting video and doing lots yeah. of meetings like this. I presume uh, yes. you mentioned earlier about meeting with different people around the world. Appreciate yeah. you taking the time with us today and. Uh, it is just so good. It's so good to reconnect with uh, with folk from Israel. I was supposed to be there now. Uh, yeah. You were you were going to be here in early May, and then I was the very next week. I was supposed to take off and and be there for a few weeks. You know, we look ahead, and everything is so uncertain, isn't it? It's it's um, doubtful. You know that I'll get over there. Maybe even this year. I I don't know. It's because of all of the um, all of the talk about international travel in particular. And whether or not Israel will let um, you know let flights in from certain countries and uh, these kinds of things. I mean, Canada, we're still probably a few weeks behind you in terms of what's happening with uh, the virus here and the flattening of the curve. I I thought it was so interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of people might say coincidental, but interesting that your curve began to flatten just as Passover went went by, and has been flattening since all the way yeah. toward uh, toward Shavuot, which is kind of kind of amazing but um, you know we we have tried to reopen we're, we're starting slowly right now um, okay. with lots of restrictions here however our cases in the province where I live in Ontario 
because we have 14 and a half million people in this province. Um, our cases have actually been, been creeping up since the first stage of, of reopening. And so we're a little concerned about that, but uh, praying that, you know, that the Lord will help us and that this virus will be eradicated and uh, we'll start to get towards some kind of uh, normal, you know, but anyway, very interesting. If I may share just one thing, one of the things that we have been, the Israeli pastors, we have been still meeting once a month just through Zoom to pray. And one of the things that we felt strongly is from the scriptures from Second Chronicles chapter 7. If my people who are called by my name will repent and humble themselves and repent, mm-hmm. then I will hear and heal their land. And I believe um, more than ever, um, we need to stand in the gap as believers and, and repent for the sin of our people. Uh, because um, like I'm in Tel Aviv, I'll give you an example. When I'm in Tel Aviv, Already, everybody's back to the beaches, and they want to know when the nightclubs will be open and the bar, power bars. They mm. they want to open. They they already talk about the gay parade they want to plan in two months. I mean, you know, people are insane. They're not broken. And yeah. what's going to take another wave of, of Corona? You know, uh, so definitely, I really feel strongly that we in Israel and you in Canada. A call for the, the assemble the people to pray and, and mm-hmm. repent for the sin of our people and, and that then cry out to the Lord that He will have mercy, that He will pour out His Holy Spirit and people will cry out to Him. Uh, because otherwise, uh, maybe this would be just the first wave, more waves are on the way, and uh, God will allow this to happen to, to bring people to repentance, you know. Yeah, God loves those things for people to cry out to Him. To, uh, his goodness bring us to repentance, and uh, and I believe uh, we live in this end, uh, end times. Exactly how, where I don't know. I'm not a prophet, okay, but uh, but I do believe in the prophetic, and I believe we need to watch and see what the Lord is doing, and keep our heart right and pure before the Lord. Amen. We have uh, we've been meeting. Clyde always had his Israel prayer watch uh, groups, you know, that prayed across the country and there still are a number of them that are active, but of course groups are not coming together at this moment. And so I really felt early on in this uh, coronavirus that we needed to try to do something to bring people together. So we've been praying actually every Thursday night on zoom. We have, we have a number of people joining us on zoom and we actually broadcast our Zoom prayer to Facebook Live so that people can sort of drop in on there as well. And so we've asked the, the ministries in Israel, you know, to send my wife some requests every week. And, and so every Thursday night, we're praying for the ministries in Israel, but also, you know, praying for Canada. We're so glad that um, we have this partnership with you and your team there. And what is it that's sort of top of mind for you that I know we've talked about a lot of things. We need to pray about the harvest. We need to pray for people to be broken and pray that people will repent and, and turn to the Messiah. But but for you in Tel Aviv at Dugit and at uh, your congregation, what are the prayer requests that, that folks out there can be praying about? Yeah, uh, definitely we need more laborers. <laughs> the harvest is ready and we need more laborers. So uh, the key is really pray for us, uh, pray for our staff, 
pray for protection. Um, pray that God will give us um, new ideas. We need new ideas, how creative ideas. Yeah. How to reach to the Israelis with the good news. Um, provision that God will provide with all the other we need to do. It's, uh, it's challenging. It's really challenging. And uh, yeah, I, I believe um, God is so good and faithful. <laughs> and, and, and somehow through this time, he has provided. And, and, uh, and, uh, and the kingdom of God is, is advancing in Israel. We're seeing definitely more and more people are more open to the gospel. So, um, yeah. Amen. Well, let me pray with you. And uh, yeah. if you're listening to the podcast, we believe in prayer. So we're going to pray together. And uh, Lord, thank you for your goodness in our lives and your incredible grace that sent your own son, Jesus, Yeshua, to be a sacrifice for our sins. Thank you, Lord, that, that because we believe in him, myself here in Canada and Avi in Israel, because we believe in Yeshua together, we are brothers, we are family. And uh, God, we just pray today. I pray for my brother, and I thank you for the work that you're doing in Tel Aviv through him and his team and their ministry. God, what an incredible witness they are to that community. And Lord, thank you that uh, even in spite of the coronavirus and everything that's been happening, God, you're still giving them opportunities to touch the hearts of people, to be able to distribute food to the poor and to the needy, to be able to share with them your love. And uh, Father, as we have just shared together, I want to pray that you will provide laborers. You, you said, uh, Jesus, you said yourself, you know, we need to look to the fields we need to lift up our eyes, look on the fields because they're white unto harvest. And we need to pray for laborers for the harvest. And so in the name of Yeshua today, God, we pray for laborers. We, we pray that uh, God, even out of, um, out of the congregation that Avi is a part of, that there will be those who will step up and say, you know what, I, I need to be used by God. I need to do something. And so, Lord, we, we pray that way. We pray for their staff today. We pray your protection over them protection from, uh, Lord, this virus, keep them healthy, keep them strong, protection from the attacks of the enemy that will come. And Lord, we pray that you will uh, just pour into them. Lord, as we approach Shavuot this coming weekend, pour into them the anointing of your Holy Spirit, I pray. Give them uh, anointed new ideas and creativity to be able to reach out to their community and touch the hearts and lives of people. And God, we ask that you provide their every need. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And Lord, we pray that they would live under an open heaven and receive your blessings and your favor. All of the resources that are required to do the job that you've called them to do. Father, we thank you. We love you. We give you praise today in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Listen, brother, good to uh, be able to see you and uh, be able to share today. Thanks for your encouraging words. And uh, I know that uh, as we uh, put this out there, people are going to be blessed by that. I, I really believe, you know, as you were sharing that, that word, I just thought, you know, this is, this is something that, uh, that people here need to hear. And I know you've been sharing it in, in other venues, other arenas uh, with other groups, but uh, hopefully our listeners will have a chance to be able to hear that and be challenged by that. Well, I hope you've enjoyed my conversation with Avi Mizraki today. 
And he really does have something significant to share with us about what God is saying in these times. If you want to know more about Avi and the ministry at Dugit and uh, at their congregation, Adonai Roevan, you can check out their website. It's dugit.org. That is D-U-G-I-T dot O-R-G. And you'll learn a lot about what they're doing there. You can help Dugit's ministry by donating to First Century Foundations. And we would encourage you to visit our website as well, firstcenturyfoundations.com. That's firstcenturyfoundations with an S dot com forward slash donate. And we would love to be able to partner with you to help ministries in the land of Israel like Avi Mizraki and the Dugit Outreach Center. Thanks for tuning in today. And remember, as Christians, we stand with Israel. Thank you.